Do you like wine? Do you like charities? With One Hope Wine, you can do both. One Hope is an award-winning company in California that is built on hope and rooted in purpose. Go to jenandcamsonehope.com or jenandcamsonehope on Instagram for more information. One Hope Wine, changing the world never tasted so good. This week's episode of The Ringside Rant is presented by Wild CBD. Wild produces the best tasting edibles on the market using real fruit and all natural flavoring. With flavors inspired by the Pacific Northwest, high quality ingredients, real fruit and consistent dosing, Wild has become one of the leading cannabis edible producers in the country. Wild's new CBD line currently offers real fruit infused gummies in blackberry, huckleberry, lemon, and raspberry, and CBD infused sparkling water in raspberry, lemon, blackberry, and blood orange. Each gummy is dosed with 25 milligrams of CBD and can be purchased in a bottle of 10 or 20. Wild CBD is offering my listeners 30% off their next purchase from wild.com by using the promo code POD. That's code P-O-D for 30% off your next purchase. Wild CBD products are intended only for use by individuals ages 18 and older. Wild CBD products should only be used as directed on the label and should not be used if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. All wild CBD products are made with ingredients containing 0% THC. Consult with a health professional prior to using wild CBD in combination with any other medications or other dietary supplements. Visit wild.com now to get your 30% off by visiting wildcbd.com. That is wildcbd.com to get 30% off your next purchase. But yeah, my wife, my wife and I and our kid, we uh, we live together. <laughs> I know, radical approach to marriage. But we really live together, like full time, because this is this is my job right now, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but this is my work day. Do you know what I mean? So I'm home all alone all day. Like you guys have done productive stuff, this sassy way to cap it off. <laughs> this is why I got out of bed. Right? And, and like a year ago, my wife started working from home too. So one of us has to die. <laughs> it's the only way one of us will live. It's actually been great. We, we have not been fighting, which is fantastic. I cannot stand fighting with my wife. She's too talented. She is, she's a fiery Italian woman. So she was born and bred for verbal combat. Literally. <laughs> Ready to go. I don't even know what the fuck we're fighting about half the time. Because that's her tactic. She confuses and complicates. That's her move. And through no fault of her own, she's a more complex person than I am, right? Like, I'm a basic dude. I take it information in a very simple way. Through, like, sight, sound, touch, smell. That's how I absorb my facts. 
my wife takes in information with that stuff, but then also emotion, intuition, premonition, and astrology. <laughs> so all of our fights are like, you don't get it, this is how I feel, because I'm a Virgo, and Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> like, oh, really? It's not because you're an Italian gorilla that grew up in a conflict-heavy environment? That's not... Because <laughs> those dots also connect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ringside Rant and welcome to Ranters Nation. Might have seen him downstate New York here in uh, New York City if you had lived down that way and go to comedy clubs. He is Mike Cannon. Mike, what's up, man? What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. No, I, I uh, got, uh, got in touch with a lot of your stuff online on YouTube and the podcast and, um, you know, the gift that is TikTok. Right. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what people are saying anyways. Um, yeah. And I'm like, dude, this is a this is a funny motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, dude. That's hilarious. I never knew that anybody besides Malaysian teenagers used TikTok. So this is a good uh, <laughs> this is a good uh, little sample size for it reaches Americans. Well, no, exactly. But that's the thing. It's like I didn't know anything about it either until I'm a um, fan. I don't know if you know Gary Vaynerchuk down there from uh, New York City. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, TikTok's gonna be big. TikTok's gonna be big. If you have any type of show or you know you try to market anything, you might want to hop on there. And I'm like, eh, what the hell? You know, I I'll, yeah. I get on there and do ninety percent, ninety five percent of my stuff out there is for my show, anyways. Right. Uh, for the show. And I'm like, screw it, I'll just do that. And then I saw, I forgot what it was, and I'm like, oh, dude, this is, he's a funny guy. So I went over to YouTube and saw a lot of your stuff there, and then I heard about the podcast. So then I tried to watch the podcast on YouTube because it's a little bit, it's not to say the audio is terrible, but yeah. it's it's a lot funnier to see both you and and Mike Freeney to you know interject with each other. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely have a uh, a visual element to the show where, like, you know, you could see the rage on my face and you can see the uh, <laughs> passive aggressive <laughs> nature on Feedy's face. Yeah, but no, it's just one of those things. You see a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people try to be comics today, mm -hmm. and it's just like it's a very how do, how do you say uh, like niched kind of thing. But for whatever reason, I'm like you just get drawn in. Maybe it's just because you know you just kind of let's shoot the shit kind of thing and then it shows right. obviously once you get to you know obviously you're doing uh minimal shows now with the virus and everything mm. um but you know how did you know how did you get into it how everybody's different comic wise how did you get into it just kind of like hey let's try this kind of thing or well where are you at you're up in buffalo i'm a, i'm outside of uh, rochester oh okay i went to geneseo so oh cool yeah it's funny my first ever open mics were in rochester but I'm um sorry. <laughs> well, initially it was at Comics Cafe, okay. uh, that place, and I know that that has since been shut down for a various of you know, various reasons. Yeah. We won't get into it. But uh, <laughs> I've uh, I've performed at the Comedy Club when that was a thing, and then most recently I was at Comedy at the Carlson, which is a great spot. Oh, but yeah. um, I initially just even started considering comedy in college when I was playing basketball in junior college. Because, you know, I was, I was playing ball and I realized that my athletic limitations were, like, super apparent when I was playing against, <laughs> yeah. when I was playing against like, you know, real Division One athletes that were too dumb to get into the school. So they were playing junior <laughs> college and hoping to, you know, yeah. transfer into a North Carolina or wherever. And a lot of them were successful at doing it. So I was just demoralized <laughs> for sports. <laughs> and so I started studying, like, you know, TV production and communications and all that stuff. 
and I had just one teacher who was like really I mean I had no real relationship with my father at the time so I was just looking for an older male to guide me <laughs> and he goes hey man you remind me of John Stewart and I was like well thank you father I'm gonna follow that career <laughs> path for the right. rest of my life right <laughs> yeah because you see you know I um friends with a uh, guy from Al- a couple guys from Alabama that are comics down there uh Cassio Kid, Matt Mitchell and mm-hmm. uh you might have saw it on that thread was Drew Morgan Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know Drew. And he's like, yeah. Oh, I got, I got confused. It looks like I thought you were mistaken me for Mike. And I'm like, um, now that I, now that you mentioned, I had a double take. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well I see it, but yeah. you know, I'm like, it, it's two different things. They get their stuff down there. And I know, uh, Matt and, and Drew have been doing a lot of stuff down there. Um, you know, with now that they're doing shows down there. Have you, you know, I, I know previous when we started chatting that, you said that you had a bunch of shows and all that stuff. How have how have you been really affected by everything that's been going on? I'm sure, you know, being downstate's different than being up here in upstate, but how have you been affected by this stuff? Well, I mean, stand-up wise, so obviously the initial lockdown, we nobody was doing shows at all for at least three months, you know, like ninety days went by and I've never taken that amount of time off since I started. I mean, you know, when I when I did open mics in Rochester I was doing them once every like four months. So I don't even consider that as starting. Like that was just me dipping my toe into the possibility of doing comedy. But once I've started, I've never taken that gap, you know, of time away from it. So I was just, first of all, not used to the, to the lack of affirmation because <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a, I have a new baby. Well, he's, he's over one now, but you know, at the beginning of this, he was like seven, eight months. Yeah. So going through that, the in the uncertainty of, of income and all that shit. So it was, uh, it was a little tough, but I just poured all of my energy into online stuff. So I'm glad you got to see it on TikTok. I've been, you know, obviously putting stuff up there, putting stuff on Instagram, putting stuff on YouTube. I was lucky enough to have a movie come out during this uh, on Amazon Prime called Timing. So it looks, you know, this year on paper has actually been really productive for me, despite the lack of shows and my, you know, just being used to doing 15 to 25 sets a week. Now I'm doing, I don't know, maybe three sometimes, you know, it's, it's been tough. Well, you know, even seeing that you compare a lot of the, you know, like you're doing your, a lot of your standups, you see in a lot of these like concerts, even, you know, Mm -hmm. whomever it may be obviously, but you know, just doing online stuff and it's like, okay, well that's all well and good, but how can you, you know, a lot of people want that, you know, atmosphere, of going to a comedy club, going to a concert hall, going to wherever. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's the weirdest thing. And like I mentioned to you before we started recording, I'm like, I got tested positive yesterday. I'm like, oh, what the crap? I'm like, oh, darn, I got to go downstairs and sit and sit my ass in my chair in my front of my 60-inch TV and watch football all weekend. Right. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's been tougher prison sentences. Yeah, right. I, I've been married 11 years, so that's the, that's the, <laughs> the welcome reprieve. Yeah, yeah, right. No kidding. Yeah, no. She's, we're like, oh yeah, the health, uh, Monroe, uh, Monroe County up here, the health uh, uh, people or whatever the hell you want to call them. I don't care. Um, ended up calling me today, and they're like, oh, you got to wear a mask in the house. You got to do this. Your wife and your son's got to wear a mask. And I'm like, or I could just stay downstairs, and when they come down, I'll put like a shirt over my face or my mask on or something. But right. <laughs> I'm like, because. It's like I understand the thought process behind that, and it's it's probably well intentioned. Yeah. But to to say you have to, and these are the things that you must do, it's like 
it's like the most you you can't possibly enforce it it's like what are you gonna what's next you're gonna like make me jerk off lefty like how are you gonna <laughs> check on that um if you got really big left uh forearms that's the only thing, <laughs> yeah. but they gotta come in and check on you but no that's but hilarious was... i just do the circumference of my forearm <laughs> at, at the beginning of two weeks and at the end right exactly you know you do those old little pie graphs like you used to do in grade school or something right <laughs> uh, but no it's uh i got let's see i've got the test tuesday and then I didn't hear back until yesterday, Friday, as we were recording. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to take a couple of days for the, the health department to call you. I'm like, oh, OK, that's kind of stupid, but OK. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah, it's just like, OK, now I got to, you know, doing a lot more dedicated to the show and stuff and promoting that and marketing that and all that stuff. So that's, you know, there's a silver lining at all. But it's just like, all right, darn, I got to stay home from work for uh you know, for 10, 10 more days and right, right. All that stuff. But I'm like, oh, well, at least the state's paying me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. It's, it's, you know, as hokey as it sounds, it's like, as long as you can kind of find the silver lining and, and recognize the positives of the experience, it's like that's the only way you can get through with a shred of sanity. It's like I would have never had this opportunity to spend as much like front to back time with my brand new son, which yeah. you know, I'm taking that as the positive. It's like, all right. It was a tough year. My wife also owns her own business, so mm. and it's based on congregation of people. Right, right, right. So, you know, we're both idiots that chose poorly considering, you know, a potential pandemic. But, you know, with that, we've been able to be completely together for, you know, this entire year, basically. And that's been pretty great. You know, and, and it's interesting because I've thought about this, too. When, I, when all this started coming out in as recently, too, it's like, Man, I don't know what, you know, because I'm 36 and I'm like, I don't know what would have happened when if I was my son's age back when I was eight, what the hell my parents would have done? Because obviously it's totally different right. time frames. And I'm like, now the way technology is, especially with what you're doing and your wife doing and, and what I'm doing with the show, it's like you just put, put stuff online and call it a day. But not then it's like, holy crap, what the hell would they would have done? They'd probably like be like anarchy or something. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that, you know, especially with. I mean, I, I don't know what's worse, right? Is it is it worse to have too much information to the point where everything is nauseating and contradictory of each other? You like all information coming at you is just like an overload, or is the mystery and uncertainty of the past, you know, the better thing? I think both uh, both have their negatives and positives, but I mean, right now it does feel like you know we're kind of in some sort of quicksand. Yeah, it, like I said, and it's just the way of staying positive, like you said. I'm like, luckily, knock on wood, my wife and my son are healthy. They're not showing any symptoms. So, yeah. like I said, I'm isolating myself down in my bunker down here. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll put like a hole. Or, or uh, I, I was <laughs> I was talking to my wife about it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to like saw a hole in the basement door and you can like slide a beer can down to me every hour or something. <laughs> yeah, you get the <laughs> prison <laughs> slot. They just yeah. exactly. trade food. That's it's it. like it's like it's like the movie Goonies. I'm like, we'll give you a chocolate bar every couple of hours or something. Um, My dad's screaming in the basement. <laughs> pay no attention to the man screaming in the basement. Um, you know, and but it's just like. It, it's just unreal it's like okay well my wife's like well how, how are we gonna get groceries i'm like you can do it online oh okay so she goes online i don't know if you got you guys have wegmans down by you we don't which is my dude i love wegmans that was my big thing in geneseo is is walking into wegmans getting a giant bag of chicken fingers and eating them while we shopped oh yeah oh exactly and by that they're big up here i'm from buffalo originally i'm living in rochester now for the last 
13, 14 years. Mm. And uh, that's been the big thing. That's always everybody's Wegmans, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, well, that's all well and good until you go online and you look on Instacart or Instashop or wherever the crap it is. But um, they're freaking up, up selling. They're like yeah. something that's, I think she, she was saying, like, my son likes, um, what the fuck was it? I can't remember. Anyway, it was like certain things that he wanted. Mm. And they're like fruit pops or something. They're like three bucks. Yeah. They, they're like three and a half, four bucks or four and a half, five bucks now. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then she goes, and then she goes to Walmart and the prices are the same, mm-hmm. but there's a $17 delivery charge. Jesus. I'm like, I, I see, I get it. Business is business. I get it. But it's like, you know, not a lot of people. I'm like, screw it. I'm like, I told my wife, get your mom, drive out a half hour over here. We'll give her the, we'll sanitize and disinfect and, you know, burn or whatever the, the bank card. And then you can, uh, take it up there and go to Walmart and drop it on the front porch. Like we're like invalids or something, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's the move that sucks. I mean, you know, business is business. I totally understand taking advantage of, you know, supply and demand, right. but at the same time, it's like, you know, unemployment is pretty high at the moment. We're going through an economic crisis and these corporations that are just, you know, riding around in their hovercrafts <laughs> around their mansion are squeezing right. for an extra dollar fifty per item. Right. No, and, and it's funny, too, because ever since, because like, I've been out since I got, I worked Monday, this past Monday, and then I, I got the test Tuesday, and I've been out since. But every once in a while, the, my regular job outside of this is, you know, they'll call me, hey, how you doing, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, you're just calling me to see how I'm doing and see if I'm coming back soon. So, you know, don't, don't, don't kid yourself. But right. they're like, okay, we're, we're not to make you feel bad or anything. I'm like, all right, well, I've been at this job almost 11 years. I'm like, just give it to me. I don't care. Well, so and so quit today, and so and so tested positive, and so and so had to go get a test. I'm like, okay. <laughs> They're like, well, we're, we're running around like this, and I'm like, well, you know, is what it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also funny to bring in so and another person tested positive. It's like, yeah, I did first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, <laughs> dibs, come on. Um, but uh, no, yeah, it's just it's just it's a weird time, definitely, and it's especially at this time too, it's like, I always, you know, you know, tried to promote all everybody that's been on the show, especially you and other people. I'm like, this is time is like, you need that comedic tone, you know, just to ease everybody's not, not pain, make everybody happy a little bit more. And you know, that's where the Irish goodbye podcast comes in. You know, you guys just celebrated your 200th episode Yeah. recently. <laughs> how, how the hell did you get to 200? Um, I mean, it's, it, I've gotten to 200 now with two different podcasts, which is yeah. is pretty impressive. The first one that I, I, I got to 200 with was called Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, and it was a conspiracy podcast where I was the comedic kind of person to be sold on these things. And then I had my best friend and his co-worker, who is a 53-year-old hardcore truther about like – I mean, the, the show ended up breaking up because he believed the earth is flat and we couldn't <laughs> talk about anything beyond that. So it just sucked. So we ended up stopping. But that's the level of conspiracy that I was faced with on a weekly basis. And somehow I did more than 200 hours of it. Wow. Banana. So I think with that as my foundation, Irish Goodbye has been like taking the donut off the bat and swinging. <laughs> like I feel yeah. like it's super easy. Yeah, knock it out. You know, and, it's, and a lot of podcasts today, and I try to pride myself and do it with, with this show, too, is one, you don't kind of try to limit yourself, and two, you don't really have a script because that's when, you know, you're interviewing so-and-so, and it's like, oh, I went to your Wikipedia page, or I Googled you, and, you mm-hmm. know, you did this, you did that. I'm like, 
well, that's all well and good. I'm like, and if people do that, fine, whatever. I'm like, you may, you know, you can come probably your downloads on one hand, but you know, besides that, um, it's, uh, it, it's kind of just kind of shoot the shit kind of thing. And that's, yeah. you know, where a lot of it comes into play. I mean, especially now where social interaction may be limited, you know, again, to the same yeah. level it was earlier this year. It's like, People enjoy the voyeuristic nature of podcasts. It's a conversation. If it seems too rote, then it just feels like every other bit of programming, where the reason people flock to podcasts is because it's it, it's it got the authentic feel of just two idiots talking. <laughs> well, no, and, and that, too, and you, like you said, with you, with being, excuse me, you know, 200 episodes, I think this, for me, I don't even keep track sometimes anymore. I think I'm at, like, 87. Oh, like, great. Go, you, you can go back and see, one, you can see the difference in between the shows, you know, audio wise, format wise, whatever the case may be. And you can see all these past guests and that's where, you know, whether you listen to four podcasts, five podcasts, two, one, whatever, you go back and you see, he see all this progression. Mm. Um, but it, it just, it's interesting to see. I'll say that much. Well, especially life-wise, I mean, we started the show and, you know, I was probably a hardcore alcoholic right when we started and my life was, I think I was married. I may, or I may have, yeah, I think I just had gotten married. So it was all comedy, all new marriage stuff. And now I haven't drank in two years and I'm, I have a one-year-old son and, you know, I'm touring regularly and Feeney's doing way better than he was in the beginning. Like all, it's, it's an interesting thing. If you're into that, you know, some people like following small bands and seeing how they develop and what what type of shit they put out over the course of a long career. Yeah. And that's how I view this is you're kind of tracking us and our development as comedians to where, you know, we're always downplaying whatever we're doing. But you can see it on paper and you can see what we're putting out that <clears throat> things have continued to develop and we're totally different people than we were three years ago when we started. Yeah. Now, have you run into, you know, on top of, you know, with yourself touring and all that stuff, have you run into the issue of, you know, XYZ club is closed or are you pretty much going to the same, same facility, same clubs all the time now? Um, I mean, road wise, I've de I, I definitely lost a lot of money in, in the beginning of this, especially is, you know, I had, I had a full year of dates and almost all of those got canceled or I had to cancel them because they're in places that, you know, had rising numbers, but their rules were they didn't give a fuck, which is fine. That's their right. But I have, you know, like I said, I have a young baby. My I'm living with my in-laws. My father-in-law is a compromised person. So mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not ready to make concessions for, you know, a couple thousand bucks or whatever it might be. It's not going to change my year to turn down, you know, one or two weekends that are still on. It's like, I was fortunate enough before this where, and without even realizing is I, I diversified my uh, streams of income. I, I was, I put out two albums. I have these podcasts, you know, all this, all these different ways to kind of bring in money have been really great for me. Whereas, you know, I have friends that don't have a pod. They, you know, didn't put out an album and they've been doing it for 15 years because they were waiting for an opportunity. And it's like, I, I'm proud of myself in that way where it's like, I never waited. I was like, fuck it. I need to, I need to start my career now because I'm not going to let somebody hand it to me and then control what I do. Mm. Yeah. So, so then obviously the comedy thing, you know, is a full, full-time gig, full-time, you know, full go. You're not doing, you know, other, other stuff outside doing a regular job. Right. Yeah. None of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you see that a lot, you know, with comedians, they'll do, you know, they'll work at like a radio show or whatever the case may be to, you know, like you said, diverse that that income. But yeah, it's it's tough. Have you, you know, outside the podcast and outside the comedy, have you picked up anything during the quarantine? You know, that uh, yeah, I booked a TV show that I shot in Georgia. Oh, right. Um, so, and you know, that I, I'm not allowed to talk about that yet, but that'll be out in March. I booked actually another TV show that I'm shooting at the end of this month. Um, the, the movie that came out that that's actually, you know, helped out, but you know, it's, it's stuff like that. It's, it's chipping away at it. It's now I'm, you know, I'm trying to develop all this stand up still because that's what I do. That's, that's how I got into entertainment. That's what I like. You know, I want everything else to kind of fund the ability to do that. But obviously, if I'm not capable of touring or developing the material like I like, it's I have to shift shift focus, you know. Yeah. Now, you know, when you're going down to Georgia and stuff, are they making you like I don't I don't know how Georgia is, but are they saying, hey, you're coming from New York or you're coming back from Georgia? Mm-hmm. Are they making you isolate or whatever after the case? Or are they saying, OK, well, kind of at your own risk kind of thing? So that, that was September. Was it September? Yeah, that was September. Um, and it was SAG. So it's it's like a union thing. So it was pretty, you know, I would have liked it to have been a bit more organized and stringent. I had the idea that it was going to be like almost an actor NBA bubble. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was a little more freewheeling than that. Uh, you know, not not by my choice. But I got tested what I get to like three or four times while I was down there over the course of a week. So that uh, that was really um, stringent. But by the, when I got back, I was, you know, I, I had to isolate and like test out or whatever. Or at that point, there wasn't any test out. But, you know, it, it's it's the same thing as I was saying. It's tough to be told to do something and then also have to feed a family. You know, yeah, right, right. you can isolate for however many days you want. But it's like, yeah, I also have to still fucking work. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah, I get that. It's just it's funny because it's just like when I got tested, too, I'm like, God damn, that absolutely sucked. I'm like. They're like probing your nose with one of those little freaking sticks or whatever. It's like, did, yeah. did, did, did you touch my brain or something? Can you like? Oh, did you get the, all the way up? No, I, it just went through the nose, and I'm like, it felt mm. like it went all the way up. I'm like, holy Christ! I'm like, my eyes are watering and shit. Yeah. I'm like, God, that sucks, man. Uh, it, it definitely was not good. And I tried to make two jokes, uh, one of which worked <laughs> to the test. <laughs> but like the first time they tested me on set, so I got tested one other time, then I got tested on set. And this lady like flicked a bu- a blood booger just directly out of my nose with the swab, and I I was like so embarrassed and disgusted yeah. that I was like, oh, there's my septum, <laughs> like just thinking that it was like a fun, you know, uh, break the tension of you just doing that. And she was like, ugh, like <laughs> just totally just not on board with any with any swing at humor. So I was like, okay. And then the last test I took. Uh, they knew, they were like, so how, how many times have you been tested before this? I was like, this is my fourth. And they're like, okay. And they start doing it. And I, and I look at the lady and I go deeper (laughs) and she, (laughs) and she finally like kind of cracked a smile and laughed at that. And I was like, all right, one for two. I shouldn't, shouldn't take my own life. (laughs) That's a good batting average. You know, you're going 500. What the hell, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I still stand by the first bit, but you know, that lady wasn't having it. Well, it was hilarious because when I had – my wife's like, okay, well, because I have a re- regular MD up here. I'm like, mm. I- I'm not one to go to the doctor all the time. If I am if I need to, I will, but I'm like, I'm not going to go – I should, but I'm like, I don't go for like a yearly checkup or whatever the case may be. Mm. So I'm like, fuck, I'm like, do I want to call the doctor? I'm like, screw it. I'll just go like immediate care or you know, urgent care or whatever up here. And 
because I figured you can just walk in. Yeah. Well, then when I went to out by my house here, you know, they, okay, you know, we can't, you can't do it. I'm like, all right, fine. Screw it. Screw you. I'll, I'll go to the next one. Okay. I went to the next one. She's like, well, are you, are you having surgery? We only do them for people if they have surgery. I'm like, no. I'm oh. like, okay. She's like, I'm like, she's like, well, did you call your doctor? I'm like, no, I'm just coming here. Cause I thought you guys had walk-ins. Well, call your doctor, like big tone. I'm like, all right, well, you can kiss my ass. I'll see you later. Um, <laughs> so, so I get home, I call my doctor, and they're like, yeah, we'll set something up for you. I'm like, oh, okay. If I knew it was that goddamn easy, I would have I would have done that. But yeah, I'm like, I, I get people all because they do it all the time. But I'm like, come on, at least, you know, make, like you said, just kind of make some sort of humor out of it. As well, <laughs> right. And, you know, and I would understand. I, I, I get that, too, where it's like I bet a lot of people are far less, um, are not as courteous as i am but i'm being courteous so please right. treat me like that like don't right. don't make me pay penance for the for your first 50 customers of the day but i mean it's it's a little easier here where the cvs actually lets you take like home you know home, home stuff, home stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and for this next production that i'm doing they're sending uh, a home test as well and then i'm going to be tested each day that we're filming like a rapid test yeah. Yeah. Cause I had that option. I'm like, okay. Cause I'm like, cause we were in essential business, my regular, my, my regular job. And I'm like, okay, do you have rapid tests? Like, no, we don't offer them. Okay. Darn. I got to stay home for <laughs> four more days until you figure this shit out. But yeah. um, it, it's, it's just a very touchy. Some people are touchy. Some people are like, Oh, we'll laugh about it or whatever. But right. Um, now how, when did you actually start in uh, officially into uh, your comedy? Um, I would say it was like right at the end of 2008, end, end to middle, I guess. So I, I count it from 08. So I've been doing it for like 12 years, 12, you know, it'll be 13, I guess, at the beginning of this one. But um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, because before that I had done a handful of open mics in Rochester. And then once, yeah. you know, when I moved back back home right outside of New York city, I was, I was mostly looking for a job so I could try to find a place. So then I could start doing comedy in the city. So that was yeah. kind of my first, uh, launch pad after college. So it was a little bit delayed. And then, you know, after it took me about a year, I guess, to get a job and find some, uh, a landing place for my shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No kidding. You know, you know, even though it's like a lot of comics, you see a lot, you know, you get that history of comedy where you go back, you know, to George Carlin or a lot of these guys. And mm. it's always they always talk about, you know, those three big cities. You got Chicago, New York, California. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go for obviously being from New York that you are and you go outside of the state, huh. do you see a lot of people that kind of, you know, not not so much look down in, at you, but you know, they give you, oh, it's, he's just another fucking New Yorker who gives a shit kind of thing. <laughs> um, I'm sure that's probably a lot of people's initial reaction, but, you know, <laughs> and it, but I also may play into that a little bit where I typically on the road, my first five to 10 to 15 minutes might be shitting on the town and in a, <laughs> in a playful way, but it's still like, that's how I kind of ingratiate myself with an audience because it shows that I've done enough research to care about where I'm at. So yeah. I hope that they take it as a compliment. Whereas, you know, if I was just lazily going into my act and talking about the subway system, something that they have no experience with or right. care for, then, then I would understand them having that, that like, kind of like, fuck this New York idiot, you know? <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm from a blue collar family. I, um, I don't thumb my nose at, at any group of, uh, of people. So I, I think my stuff 
despite it being pretty specific in, in opinion and view, I think it's, it's pretty applicable to everybody. Yeah. Cause I, a lot of the stuff that I, I, I saw on YouTube, I'm like, okay. Cause I usually like to do, you know, clips, whether they be comedians, musicians, whatever the case may be, I try to get a little snippet of what you guys, what you guys do. Yeah. So if people don't know you, they can listen to it before the show even starts. Say, Hey, this guy's funny. I'm going to listen to the show. Yeah. So I ended up clipping out, and I probably should have told you this before, but you know, too too late now. But um, your uh, bit with um, about your wife, your Italian wife. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, I did that one, and I did the whole my my cat caused me not to, uh, you know, smoke in the house or something. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I really like that, but I'm like, eh, I'll go with the other one. <laughs> right, yeah, and you know, it's it's. It's different in the room, maybe, you know, on, online, obviously, people have their own opinions and yeah. and they're a little more courageous to tell you them. But uh, in the reason why I do those jokes is because they've been road tested and tested among a, a varied group of people. You know, New York in itself, it's not I'm not performing for just New Yorkers. Most of the time, I'm actually just performing for tourists. So the least New York crowds are in New York. <laughs> which is weird and then after i after i work them out in the city i'm taking them on the road so then they may be you know i, I alter them and fix them and and uh, you know maybe generalize or spe or specify certain parts that um you know all of them are so tested that at this point i could i could perform them in front of nuns and it being a filthy joke like me shooting a tampon out of my vagina like a potato <laughs> gun that still it, it'll ring with enough people where it'll work yeah, that was, that was the other one. I was looking at it, I'm like, all right, do I want to clip that one? I'm like, you know, those, those probably those two or three women that actually listen to this show. I'm like, eh, I don't want to lose those two or three downloads or something. Uh -huh. But um, well, that's, that's what you'd be surprised by, man, because I, I intentionally crafted that joke to annoy women first and yeah. then pay homage to them. Right. Because they think it's going to be a certain thing about periods, and then it turns out to be a completely different thing empathizing with the entire experience. So that was one of those bits that started out a little rough on the road, and I could see the anger continue for like, so the anger would go from two minutes into the bit, out of the four minutes, to then it would like push down to where I got the anger down to about maybe 35 seconds, right? So the, <laughs> annoy the annoyance level of the mission statement was the one level of like, what the fuck? And then right where the, you know, where the turn starts, they're like, oh, he's on our side. Yeah, right. But that's the thing. I'm like, because do you normally do, you know, because I haven't been to shit, comedy, I haven't been to a comedy show, obviously with this epidemic, even before that. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to one recently before that. And I'm like, Normally, how do you, how long do your sets usually go? Are they like half hour, hour kind of thing? So on, the, on the road, I'm doing anywhere between 45 to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, in the city, it varies because uh, we, we're, it's a, what is it called? Uh, a showcase show instead of a headliner format. So it's like five to seven comedians doing the same amount of time. So it could go between 10 and 15 minutes. And that's where we get a lot of our work done is just chipping away at new material in City Spot. Right. Right. Now, how, like, like you said, you get that 45 minutes to an hour. How much do you, do you prepare for like, you know, two hour kind of thing to see how, you know, the audience really takes to it? Yeah. I mean, it depends at what point I'm at in the development of my new act. So right now I have about 30 minutes that I'm happy with since my last special, I was hoping to have a full hour by the, by the end of this year, but you know, obviously things happen. Um, so I'll have that half hour 
I have the full hour of my last album, and then I have the full hour of my first album, not to mention the, you know, various tags and bits that I never put on anything. So I have I, I have two and a half to three hours of stuff to kind of choose from and improv in the moment. So I, I like doing in the moment stuff. I like making every single show a little bit different. It uh, To personalize it to a crowd, it makes them feel more engaged and and like it's it's something special and not just a fucking you know rehearsed monotone almost robotic show yeah like i said it's kind of something similar to doing like a podcast like you can relate to doing you know your guys and it's just like you don't want to get that same i'm like i tell a lot of people I'm like it's great to have a format don't get me wrong mm. but just have bullet points don't have word for word unless you're really going to go into depth on a certain topic i'm like right. just, just kind of shoot the shit man that's where people will you know hear the stuff and like it and then they'll tune in more or they'll go back and listen to past stuff mm. and then like in year and six they'll see you coming to town oh crap i'm gonna go online or wherever and get, get the tickets or get this or get that yeah and then and then go to these shows but um yeah it, it's just weird a lot of these like comedy at the carlson here because i i uh, used to deliver there regularly for the job i do Mm-hmm. So I'd use, always used to talk, um, um, shoot the shit with the guy, the one of the managers there, and he's like, "Yeah, we're this is before." He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna try to stay open, but it's just it's so hard because you gotta because even they were doing like certain like group of tables and all right. that stuff." And like I said, I'm sure you're probably seeing it at certain clubs, but it's mm-hmm. like it's, you know, now it's like okay, now you got to get all these virtual Zoom things and Skype things like we're doing. It's like. You know, it's all well and good, but it's like sometimes you want to get that, you know, the atmosphere like back in the day where you go and you walk in and all you see is a haze of smoke, (laughs) smoke room or something. I know, man. You know, Dave Grohl wrote a really great article about how, you know, live live events and concerts need, you know, will come back and they must come back. And it's it's a human it's a human need to share an experience like that. And the transfer of energy from comic to audience in a live show you can't watch that or ma- or match it or manufacture it from YouTube or anything else. Like you could obviously enjoy clips and watch comedy and, you know, have that experience. But being in the room, you know, even VR, I don't know if you've watched comedy on VR. I have. And it's like, it's cool. It's right. definitely cool, but it's not it's not what it is. Now, who are some of the guys? Obviously, you said you've been in the business for since 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Who are some of those guys that really got you into you know, into, you know, comedy, or was it, you know, like I said, sometimes it's one of the, like, hey, I'm going to try this out kind of thing, like your experience. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I've always been into comedy. I, I was a huge Jim Carrey fan growing up. I watched every episode of In Living Color. It was like the one show my parents let me stay up late to watch. I was more that than I was SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every 90s comedy that was like heaven for my age, which, you know, I was 10 and 95. So I watched Dumb and Dumber when I was nine and my mind <laughs> was blown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first bit of stand up that I watched, though, was Carlin. You know, mm-hmm. I um, my I watched my dad and my grandfather. I like snuck down to watch them watch Jammin' in New York in 92. So I remember this when I was seven and I saw them die I think he said something, you smell like an anchovies cunt. And I watched my dad and my grandpa literally fall off their respective chairs and die laughing. And I was like, well, I want to do a version of that. And so it always kind of stuck in my craw as something I was interested in. And then, you know, as I got into it, I was super into Tough Crowd. I was really into Opie and Anthony. I loved Patrice. I loved Jim Norton. I loved Bill Burr. Like that entire 
group of comedians, the lure around the comedy cellar, the table. I read everything that I could about that. I read, you know, I'm dying up here, the book about the LA, the history of the LA comedy scene and the strike. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing about me. I don't know about a lot of new comics. I don't know how they approach this thing, but when I become obsessed with comedy and when I decide that I want to do something to the best of my ability, I also study its history. So I, I made comedy dweeb autistic encyclopedia like i know i know as much as i could as much as anybody knows about anything and i'm super into you know all stand up from the time you know from early stages stuff until now so i mean my palette is pretty vast right now have you you know obviously comedy is you know obviously forefront in your mind as far as your day-to-day are you doing you know are there times when you just say, I, I just got to get away from this crap. I, I can't do it right now. What are you doing outside of, uh, you know, your comedy stuff that kind of keeps you semi, semi sane? Um, I mean, I, I got to say being a dad has really helped and truly focusing and throwing all of my energy into that. Like that's, that's both my life and my hobby at the time, at the moment. But yeah. one thing not, you know, it, to get away from that, I I really into the movie Rad. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a 1986 BMX biking movie. I actually named my son after the lead character. <laughs> but uh, during quarantine, I bought two older model BMX bikes to fix up, and uh, and I did one of which was like a cool mid 90s mongoose that I I just absolutely love. But um, you know, that was kind of a little bit of a hobby. I I did. I've never been a man's man. I've never fixed up anything in my life. So to take wrench to nut and all that stuff, it, it felt uh, it felt very daddish. <laughs> yeah, I could I definitely relate to you with that. I'm like, it, it, I'll admit, be the first one to admit. I'm like, my wife's a little bit more handy at shit than I am. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm like, hey, hey, if you want to do it, go ahead. I'm like, I'll just sit back here and watch you and drink beer. I'll be like a I'll be like a New York State worker or something. Yeah. Like, maybe I gotta hold like a shovel or an axe or something just to fit yeah. in or something. But Dude, um, you just look busy. Oh, exactly. You know, but that's the thing. I'm like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been on, you know, working or doing a show and I do so oh. many different, um, you know, Seinfeld references or something or, mm-hmm. you know, Dumb and Dumber reference, Jim Carrey references. It's like, who's that? Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? I'm like 90% of the people are 10 years younger than me. Yeah. You know, about the same age. It's like, okay go google it just put it in google figure it out put it in youtube watch the crap and then come back to me and we'll discuss it afterwards yeah you have an infinite data uh, database anything that i say you shouldn't know what it is exactly and it's just like oh man now i'm it's like my wife knows how to push my butt she's like oh you're that's you sound like your father i'm like uh, <laughs> la, la, la. Yeah. Um, see we have the same nuclear code yeah, uh, yeah. That was on, exactly. on my special I'm like, just hit the button, hit the button. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being traveling, going across the country, across whatever the case may be, you know, are there certain clubs there that you say, hey, hey, I want to go to that one instead of this one, or yeah. hey, this crowd really sucks, or this one's really good? What, how, how, what have you come across that, you know, um, over the years? I mean, it, it, that's mostly like cities, right? Like, so it, there's obviously cities that you go to because you need the money. <laughs> and then there's, there's right. cities that are like, the optimal comedy performing cities that are really great. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've been to a lot of them, Chicago being one of my favorites. I mean, that, that city to me is the closest to New York and that's where I feel most comfortable in their comedy scene. Like it's, 
it's just good, man. It's a city vibe with a blue collar energy. You know, it's like it, they're they're progressive enough and they're and they're blue collar enough to laugh at fucking anything you have to say and not judge it based on how how textbook woke it was. You know, and then there's other other cities that are super fun. I like performing in San Francisco. I like the challenge. I like I like Seattle. Um, New Orleans has been super fun. Philly, Boston. I mean, the you know, Philly, Boston, and those kind of places that that similar thing where it's city meets blue collar. Like I, that, that mix, that diversity of, of, of people and ideas is to me what makes a really great show, you know? And now when people start coming out intentionally, which is great and starting to happen, or at least was, <laughs> and now, right. yeah, now picking up because I have, I have some road dates and, you know, in whatever people, people come out, but, um, now it's just based on where my podcast plays the best. So like Philly is really good for us. Chicago is really good for us. LA is really good for us. Um, we have, we have a couple cities across America that, uh, that for whatever reason have a saturation of our listeners, which is good. Uh, where's, where's Freddie out of? Is he out of, I can't remember off the top of Long my head. Island. He, Long Island. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. he's on the Island. You know, it, it's funny because I, I get, I work with somebody that's from, from Long Island and it's mm-hmm. like, I always make fun of him. I'm like, dude, I'm like, are you on the island? Or are you from the island? What's the difference? Like, oh, well, if you say it, it depends. I'm like, if you if you don't live in it, you can say you're from there. You're from Long Island. But if you live on the island, you say I live on the island. I'm like, yeah, okay, I I guess. I'm like, I guess the same thing can go for like Staten Island or something, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I doubt they're very uh very particular, about <laughs> it. but it is hilarious that like you know the only people that give a shit about what you just said are from Long Island, and everybody else is like, yeah, dude, nobody cares about your place as much as you. <laughs> it's like you're you're there. It's Long Island. I don't care if I'm from or on. I'm there. Yeah, yeah. you're somewhere. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You said before when you were getting the test done for the, uh, the for the COVID, you know, certain this this thing dropped, you know, flopped or that flopped or this did well. Mm. You know, obviously being in as long as you have, you know, you've had crowds that it's really done well. But you know, have you basically said you you did one of your bits or your jokes or whatever and just crickets? How do you overcome oh, yeah. that kind of thing? Uh, I mean, yeah, that still happens, you know, and, and even. <laughs> Even now, I mean, I've done a couple of couple of drive-in shows, so mm-hmm. it's it's shows to cars, and so it doesn't matter even if they are laughing, you can't hear it. <laughs> so <laughs> so it seems like you're just eating your dick. I did a whole like mini documentary on my YouTube uh, about comedy after quarantine, and it was in in Astoria, Queens, for a jam-packed parking lot of cars that seem actually ended up going really great, but it's, yeah. it was such a bizarre experience because I, it was basically like a, a live zoom meeting. I could, I, yeah. I got the exact feedback, which was, you know, half people, you know, chuckling. I could kind of tell they were laughing if their car bounced a little bit, but even, <laughs> you know, they were, some of them were even wearing masks inside their car. So I was left guessing whether or not they were smiling. Right. Well, no, but it's just funny to see, hear the reactions to that type of thing because it's like, okay, how that's got to be like a stiff kick in the nuts if you can't when you can't hear anybody, especially in in comedy when you don't get any type of reaction out of people. But you know, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's harder in the beginning when you're 
more of a wide open nerve to that thing where your your self-esteem and whether or not you're going to continue pursuing this kind of hangs on the balance of each individual set. Now I, I have enough years and this is solidly my career that mm-hmm. uh, each individual set just does not mean that much to me. So <laughs> if, I'm, yeah. if I'm eating shit, it's I'm I'm usually if I'm in a bad mood, it's just going to be bad and I'm and I'm not going to take it well, which happens very rarely, but definitely happens right. other times when it just doesn't go well. I take just a, I have much just as much enjoyment from driving the nose of the plane into the ground as much <laughs> as I do killing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if the crowd is going to decide not to like me, then I'm going to make them pay. <laughs> right, right, right. Might as well just go, hey, gri- hey grip, grip your script onto something because it's going to be a freaking long ass ride, you know? Right. I mean, you know, because uh, most of the idea is to either develop material or or gain some fans. And hopefully you can do both in each show. And usually if you're not going to develop material or at least you're just going to stick with new and and like drive it into the ground or at least, you know, I'm still trying to be funny, but I'm just saying much more outlandish, freewheeling, crazy shit. Mm-hmm. I, I may still have the opportunity to pick up some fans because some people while they're watching may understand exactly what you're doing and they're going to, they're going to, you know, attach themselves to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, to piggyback off of that, have you basically been done, you know, done your set or whatever the case may be and you kind of, you try to read the crowd and say, oh, shit, I, should, I shouldn't really say this thing or that thing. Or is it kind of just say balls to the wall kind of thing? Say, ah, screw it. I don't care what, what kind of reaction it's going to get kind of thing. Um, I mean, I'm not a monster. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, I have, if I have like a wheelchair joke and I'm doing a war- wounded warriors fundraiser, I'm not going to like, <laughs> you know, like right, right, right. chance to show how well my legs work. You know, <laughs> that's not that's not what I'm out for. I'm, I'm trying to make everybody enjoy themselves. So if I if I think certain material will play better, it's still my material. So I'm not. I, I don't find myself compromising because I wrote the goddamn material in the first place. If I was stealing other people's material just to make a crowd comfortable, then that would be a huge problem. Yeah. Now, now how, how often do you, or how much, should I say, do you really start, like you said, you write your material. How often do you, how long do you prepare yourself for, you know, this show or that show or kind of thing? Um. I mean, it depends what kind of show, but tonight I have two shows in the city on a rooftop. So those are 15 minute sets. I have all new material that I've been doing uh, since the special. So I have stuff that I know works from this time. And then I have a bunch of new stuff that I have just written that is in the development stage. And since everything seems to be such low stakes now, because comedy can be taken from us at any moment, I feel much more free to try new stuff. So, you know, I'll look it over before the set, but I find, you know, because of podcasting, like we said, we have all this, all these hours on a microphone. Mm-hmm. So I feel comfortable talking no matter what. So, so the, I will go over it and then I'm like, okay, I kind of get that. And then I'll take it on stage and it might be a version of that. It might be something completely different. Yeah. No, God forbid it comes to that time again. You know, we went through one lockdown before. Say God forbid, knock on wood. We, we we don't want to obviously, but we go through another one. Are you, you know, are you basically going show by show, day by day kind of thing? Are you saying, okay, shit, you know, a couple months down the road, if we're talking, you know, you know, you know, the schmuck Cuomo, whatever you want to call him, says, mm-hmm. hey, we want to, we're going to lock everybody down. Are you basically preparing yourself to say, hey, I'm going to start going, doing shows online, and this is how you get it, and kind yeah, of thing, or well, I mean, we um. 
So like I say, I'm, I'm fortunate to where I, I still make a decent living off of what I currently bring in. So, you know, the shows, while they were the bulk of my income, I've shifted focus to now my podcast brings in a, a fair amount of money. Both of my albums bring in a fair amount of money. And I have a Patreon podcast with Mike Feeney and Brendan Sagalow um, that's now moving to uh to a network and we're going to have the Patreon as well. So that's a fourth stream of income and uh, that's been doing pretty well. So uh, I am taking it show by show, whereas I, I still have four road dates for the rest of the year and I'm taking those show by show. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, we don't know what Monday is going to bring because things are happening so fast and around here, especially in the tri-state area, people are talking about shutting everything down again. Yeah. So my show this Friday might be canceled. <laughs> right, right. So my my focus wouldn't it, it would just continue to pivot online where i don't i don't do live stand-up so or i mean zoom stand-up i i don't do that i don't think it works for me as well um i'm more of a feed off the crowd long form type of dude i'm not like you know i have joke 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 in my act but it's like a build and a feed and and you know a momentum thing whereas standalone jokes really work well on on zoom but for me it just hasn't so all of my zoom and online stuff is podcast and i'll just continue i'll just throw myself into that yeah so you know say there's a few you know comedians out there that are listening to this episode late not live when it comes out or later on and they're just thinking about getting you know officially becoming that quote-unquote comedian or whatever the case yeah. may be what advice do you really have for him to get, you know, get the, get your feet wet kind of thing? Right. Well, first of all, if you're considering that right now, you have awful instincts. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, I, that's like investing in Sanskrit. You're like, I, I, or, or VHS. You're like, oh, you know what? I think it's going to make a comeback. But uh, if you need to, I would, I would definitely write everything down that you think, even passing thoughts. That's something I had to train myself because a lot of things that I was even saying socially that I thought was funny and I was telling multiple friends the same story, it never occurred to me that that would be a playable bit on stage until I delazied myself and I forced myself to write every single thing that I found that I used to entertain myself. So even if you're not performing regularly, at the very least catalog all of your passing thoughts, your ideas, everything, even if they're nothing now, they could come back. I used a tag. I literally, the potato gun a tampon thing that I had on my last special, that was a joke I told my senior year in high school girlfriend. And I, <laughs> I cataloged that in my brain and I just made it a part of a bit. You know what I mean? Like that little element. So all of this stuff that we think is nothing could eventually crystallize into something. You just have no idea. And then aside from writing, I would, at the, I mean, Go digital right now. Try to build a following online. Do a, get a YouTube channel. You know, do a, everything is consistent. If you're doing a podcast, it's every single week. If you're putting out a YouTube video, it's every single week. If you're tweeting, it's every single day. Same with Instagram. It's every time. It's the it's the time of day. It's when your traffic is spiked the most. You got to be consistent with everything because all of these things, even technologically speaking, the algorithms they reward consistency. So if you're constantly putting up at the same time at the height of your your traffic, they're going to push it out. It's like a wave. They push it out to more and more people. So develop an online presence, you know, you may find more success in that anyway. You, you know, and you may quote unquote jump the line for stand up and it, you can tour or whatever, but you know, if you want to be a great 
stand up and you want you're interested in the actual art and not just selling tickets and being you know famous uh you ha there's no cutting corners you just write get up as much as humanly possible and just head down nonstop. do it for do it because you love it otherwise there's no fucking point yeah no exactly you know and like you said to piggyback off what you said with, with the online presence it's like what well, like i mentioned with uh, vaynerchuk and, I, and i've been following him just to get advice for this my this show and he's mm -hmm. like dude just you, you'll find it but pretty much go from your standard okay eight o'clock a.m you know eight eleven uh, one three five six, and just post everything you can yeah. You know, whether it's like you said, whether it's videos of your stand up, whether it's, you know, the links for the show or whether it's, you know, little snippets of the show or whatever. Right. Because the more that's out there, when somebody throws it in Google, yeah. you know, somebody throws your name or Irish goodbye into, into the Google, something will pop up. Yeah. Um, at the top, usually. And it's just like, it, it's uh, my, my wife always makes fun of me. She's like, you're always on your damn phone. You're always on the computer. You're always doing this. I'm like, well. Yeah, but do you like that extra couple hundred bucks a week that I pull in because I got the advertisers that say, hey, we we want to you to advertise this or that. I'm like, she's like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, there you go. That's why I'm on. <laughs> that's why I'm on my phone all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's it, it is a tedious and uh, exhausting way to live, but it's part of it now. You know, I never thought when I was going to be when I started doing stand up comedy that I would eventually become my own producer, writer, actor, <laughs> uh, tech whiz, social media guru and PR agent. It's it's a lot. You, you have to you have to wear a lot of uh, what is that called? A lot of vests. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with that. We'll go with a lot of vests. Why not? Sure. Yeah. You got to wear um, a lot of vests. Like a lot. Right. Right. Well. Yeah, you get another different flying, flying something different, right? Right. <laughs> flying high somewhere else. Um, you know, lastly, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know it's been, you know, been a hectic try to nail nail a date down here and there, but oh, um, plug. You know, obviously, a lot of your you got a lot of stuff out there. Plug what you got between your comedies and yeah. the shows and all that good stuff. Cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, at I am Mike Cannon across all social media, I, I'm probably most active on Instagram and uh, equally on TikTok. Uh, I put out videos every twice a week um, on both. So definitely check those out. And then, um, yeah, my movie Timing is on Amazon Prime. It's about, uh, I mean, every single scene. So if you like this, you'll like it. If you hated this, don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's it called? Yeah. Irish goodbye podcast. Check that out. My YouTube, Mike Cannon comedy. I have two hours plus of stand up comedy on there. I have sketches. I have TV appearances. I have podcast clips. So if you want just a little taste of what we do on Irish goodbye or even what's the scenario, our Patreon podcast, uh, there's plenty of examples up there. So content galore. If I had to drive you any place, it's Mike Cannon comedy on YouTube. And uh, just remember you guys subscribing costs you absolutely nothing and it's legitimate currency to us. So it's very little effort, but people actually look at the numbers and our employment and pay is contingent on those numbers. So even though you think it's a tedious, whatever, I don't need to subscribe. It means the entire world to us. Well, even if you don't go, go over subscribe, just don't turn on the notifications. If you're one of right. those people that you don't want to hear from go, bing, bing. Yeah. Bing, whatever you know he, noises of your phone next week on the show yeah. um <laughs> but no seriously though go out you know out of your way make sure you subscribe and uh to the youtube the show you know social media 
just do it, guys. You're you won't be sorry. I fell into Mike's work. A happy accident, let's say. <laughs> and uh, it's definitely good shit. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, once all this crap is done, so hopefully eventually before you and I both die or something, hopefully. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, hopefully I'll, we'll get, I'll get to see you up here in Rochester, come down and see you downstate or something and yeah. uh, you know, enjoy your show. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up if I'm coming up. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode with Mike Cannon, a very funny guy. If you're not following his work, head over, follow him on social medias, go over and subscribe to his YouTube page, as well as subscribe to the Irish Goodbye podcast, wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. With the current state that everybody's in with the virus that's out there, we all need a little bit of time to sit back, relax, and just laugh. And his comedy is just that. It's going to make you chuckle, make you laugh out loud, all that stuff. Score and, uh, and, and subscribe wherever I just told you. And uh, check out when he's coming to your area uh, to go out to a comedy club or what have you to see him live um, and go from there. Yeah, because it's just absolutely phenomenal what uh what he's doing so but without further ado if you head over to powerslam.tv and use the promo code ringside rants now you'll get your first 30 days free thanks to our friends over at powerslam.tv also head over to whatamaneuver.net and check out the ringside rant merchandise store we're looking to Get a new design out there, the logo that you're seeing right here uh, for the show. Hopefully in the near future, very near future, I should say, we are going to be getting a new line out there in addition to what's out there already. So, you know, check it out, see what you like, and, uh, you know, purchase anything that you feel you want to support the show. I appreciate it more than you, uh, more than you imagine. So head over there and check out the store. Uh, just want to give a shout out quick to all my friends and the team over at fullpresscoverage.com. I'm thrilled to be a part of this great, great site. New things are going to be coming from the site. Uh, so if you go over and follow them on Twitter at fullpressradio, at FPC underscore wrestling, and at FP underscore coverage, and then head over and download the Full Press Coverage app on iOS and Android, and make sure that you listen each and every Saturday because Saturdays are no longer for the boys. They are for the wrestling fans. So every wrestling podcast that is on the Full Press Coverage uh, network is going to be broadcast on Saturday. So that's myself here at the Ringside Ranch, Boots to the Face, Irish Rip Podcast, Chaos Theory, Talkamania, uh, Crossbody Podcast, fantastic podcast all day, every day on Saturdays for your wrestling pleasure. So head over to fight.tv and download their app, subscribe, and purchase all the great content that they have. Everything from you know Ring of Honor to, uh, to AAW to uh, GCW to anything you can imagine, even Impact's over there. So go over there and uh, create your account there and love it as much as I do. So with that being said, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe across all your social medias. I love each and every one of you for tuning in this week and going forward. And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation.